Hello everyone, my name is Ben Hocking. My name is Harry Eads. And my name is Samuel Sage. And welcome to the Late Breaking Podcast here on Drive Tribe. We've just had the Belgian Grand Prix for the first time in a year, obviously. <laughs> and the first Formula One race for the first time in a month. Is Vettel destined for glory? That is the thought process we're going down this week. That's our main topic. Is he destined to have Mercedes lost it for the first time in years? What do you think, boys? I mean, it was a great win for Vettel. Nobody's going to doubt that. But no, no, Vettel isn't destined for glory. He might go and win the title. There's a very good chance that he does, but he's not destined to win it. We've seen the momentum swing so many times over this season so far. No team has had more than two wins at any point, two wins in a row at any point. They've no, no one's had three wins in a row which, if that carries on for the rest of the year, will be only the second time it's happened this century. The momentum swings so much this season. Uh, and whilst Ferrari had a great win this week, we, we kind of expected it. It's a circuit where you need a good power unit. We've seen how good the power unit is so far this year that Ferrari have. And I have no, no doubt that Vettel will probably win next week as well at Monza, because that's a similar type of circuit. But... There are other circuits that will come up which will play into Mercedes' hands. I think what yesterday proved is that, it's probably a fact we already knew, but the Ferrari have the fastest car, but they haven't used it enough. They've, they've, been, they've dropped the ball so many times this year, or Vettel's dropped the ball, that Mercedes or Hamilton, no, sorry, both, Mercedes and Hamilton are still in front. So it proves they got the fastest car, but it doesn't mean anything because we've seen already that it can all go wrong. And if it does go wrong, then Mercedes and Hamilton always have to pick up the pieces. So... No, they're not destined, but they certainly got a good chance, I would say. I mean, at the start of the season, we did an article about who we think would win, you know, the constructors, the drivers, who would do what. And I said that Ferrari would win the constructors' title. Now, I think they definitely have the capability to win. It's going to happen, because I've said it. I think they have the capability to win. I think they have the drive to win. Um, And I think they have the engine to win. But, as you said, they keep dropping the ball. Raikkonen, for example, realistically should have been in second place, if not third place in that race, really, shouldn't he? And it was just... Bad luck and then bad luck and then the car kind of failed and then it just ran out of steam and then he broke down and then he retired. <laughs> and he ran out of fuel in qualifying. That was another thing. You know? Well, that, that's bizarre because why were they both not filled with the same amount of fuel? Yeah. That took a step yeah. out. And this is why I think Ferrari are at risk of skill not taking what I think realistically should be their championship. They have the better car this year. For the first time in a long time, Ferrari have the best car on the grid. And yet Mercedes still walking off with that constructors, let alone the drivers where there's still a clear lead. Yeah, again yesterday Mercedes extended their constructors league. Exactly. Jimmy didn't score. Yeah, Even we're talking with the fastest car. Yeah, we're talking about how Vettel took such a dominant victory and it was dominant, you know, ten seconds. But um yeah, Mercedes still walked away from the weekend with more points than Ferrari did, which is, as you say, kind of the reason that they are leading both championships at the moment. Um they they yeah, like Colin says on Facebook, they, they Ferrari don't quite have the consistency. Um, they go and have a fantastic race win in Belgium. Uh, they'll probably have another race down the line where they're beaten heavily by Mercedes. Um, look, I think Mercedes have every chance of winning just because their damage limitation is that much better than Ferrari's. And I think that is ultimately what will decide the championship. Vettel will have wins for the rest of the year. Hamilton will have wins for the rest of the if year. If neither of them win for the rest of the year now. Okay. No, they will both have victories before the season is at the end, but that will not win the championship. What will win the championship is what they do when they're not winning. 
that will decide it. Are they finishing second and third consistently, or are they retiring or finishing lower down the points? Like the, the best example I can think of is you think of McLaren back in 1988, 89. I remember those days. You do. Yeah. You are. As, the, oh, as our veteran. Um, <laughs> you think of Senna and Prost. Senna had more wins than Prost uh, in both years that they were teammates, yet Prost outscored him yeah. in both years. Yeah. So how was he able to do that? He was more consistent. He scored more podiums than Senna did. So Kimi should win the title. Not quite. You still need a win or two. Right. I'm just okay. saying I think Vettel and Hamilton at the end of the year will have very similar number of wins and it will come down to the lesser scoring points. I think one very important thing to take note of is team motivation and team gelling and, you know, kind of that all togetherness that creates a Formula 1 team. And what is going to be interesting over the next couple of weekends is Spa was always looking like it was going to suit the Ferrari engine. It's more powerful. Monza, again, is going to suit the Ferrari engine. It's more powerful. And Ferrari go well around Singapore. Mercedes don't tend to go well around Singapore unless something happens. Is it going to knock the wind out of Mercedes? Are they going to go three races in a row with being second best and go, this is out of it now? We may be level on points, but they've got the run on us now. You know, they've got the momentum. And also, uh, Mark Webber made the point on on the Channel 4 coverage that hit, hit the back end of the year, the like Singapore, Japan part of the year, Vettel is normally... It's, that's his that's his area. But, his last, time, yeah. but last year he, he yeah, exactly. Yeah. Last year he balls it up and crashed in Singapore, although Ferrari it, it broke down in Japan. So Mercedes has got to be a little bit wide, I think, because as you say, Monzonet's kinda of gonna be strong. And then Singapore and Japan, they may be strong again. Although I seem to think Vettel keeps winning at tracks he didn't win it last year. Yeah, I think that is the one main difference between this year and last yeah. year. Ferrari's challenge last year. Mercedes were still taking victories at the circuits you would expect yeah. them to, the likes of China and the likes of Canada, yeah. neither of which they won at this year. Um, circuits that require a very dominant power unit. Even and, Belgium. Yeah, okay. uh, Belgium included. And now suddenly Mercedes don't have that dominant power yeah. unit and Ferrari are winning races that have been Mercedes dominated in the, since 2014, really. I think, I think Bottas also needs to start being that actual wingman. You know, we've spoken about him being the wingman. He really needs to be there. Same as Kimi, really. But I think Kimi's is more team-related, whereas I think Bottas is, for some reason, dropped off the pace over the last two or three races. I and mean, he should be right up there supporting Hamilton to get those points. And if he doesn't, Mercedes are really going to start slipping back into the grips of Ferrari, which is worrying for the, the Brackley team. Um, Bottas's comeback wasn't fantastic. I know he's fourth. It could have been better. That could have been third. There was a lot of DNFs of top players in front of I don't, I don't think he was ever going to get Verstappen. I, but I, if that was Hamilton, would he got Verstappen? No, I don't think so. I think Verstappen was too far. In the but Bottas course. did drive straight into the back of the Williams <laughs> on the first corner. Yeah, I, I didn't think Bottas's recovery was fantastic, but at the same time, like he could have finished 10 seconds further ahead of than what he was, and he still would have been fourth. I think position-wise, he got the maximum from it. I, I, actually, I don't think third was, was doable. Uh, John on Facebook says has asked us not to let Vettel win. Uh, no, John, as you come from such a brilliant place to live in South Wales, <laughs> I will not let Vettel win. That's good. Thanks. I Thanks personally that, will stop him. We don't have that power. No, I'm really sorry. We really don't have that power. Um, we, we've spoken about Kimmy's bad luck over the weekend. It was perhaps the quickest we've seen him all season. All season, maybe? I would say. I would well, say all at season. least there's Australia he was quick as well. Um, but he was <laughs> this is the, the fastest he's been since race one. He yes. needs a large yes. break between each race and then he's quick again. But he, yeah, I think he was very unlucky. He looked very quick in practice. Um, and 
if he had that lap in qualifying, yeah. maybe he would have got the job done. I, I don't think he would have, personally. I think that Hamilton was... Yeah, he I really made the mistake. He made the mistake, and then the track became perfect in the, then the lap that he went on and set the time. Yeah. And Vettel dropped the ball. Ocon dropped the ball massively. Uh, and probably could have actually beaten Vettel if he hooked up a lap properly. I think Kimi maybe would have beaten Vettel. I don't think he could have beaten Hamilton. I think Hamilton had it perfectly done. Yeah, quite possibly. If it had been dry, I think Kimi could have, could have taken it. One thing that I gone. do want to jump into quickly about Ferrari, which I think has always been a bit of a hesitance when it comes to Vettel, is reliability. Um, so easily, the next race, could Ferrari have an engine failure in Vettel's car? And I think it's so much more likely in a Ferrari than it is in a Mercedes at the moment, because they're a little bit more experimental with their power units. I think all of a sudden it could go. And if that happens, that's the way Mercedes will walk away with this championship. Yeah. Mercedes probably probably been more unreliable this year, haven't they? How many Kimmy broke down in Spain? Kimmy's had three retirements, Vettel's had one. So um, that's his own fault. That was that is very yeah. true, yes. Um but I mean the only thing that's been more impressive than Mercedes pace over the last four years has been their reliability. Yeah. Because their pace has been incredible. You think of how dominant they were, particularly in the first two years of the hybrid era. But their reliability has just been insane. Almost flawless. Um, I, I mean, that's why Austria was such yeah. a massive surprise, yeah. because we haven't seen seen the like of it. That's the first time I think we've seen a double Mercedes retirement not caused by a crash ever. Yeah, the, the, I think they've come back to the Four, I think. Yeah, yeah they, they yeah. were thinking it might have happened in the 50s. Yeah, I mean, obvious, I mean obviously, yeah. we've seen them crash into each other, but that's completely different. I think both reliability issues hitting both the Mercedes cars is unheard of in this sport. Yes. Turbo efficiency at its finest. You could argue reliability is the reason that Red Bull can't get anywhere near the top two. I, I know they have a slight power deficiency as well, but yeah. you think they have picked up wins this year, but they are retiring at so many more times as the top two teams. Yeah, their uh, their tea tray of a rear wing was quite amusing this weekend. Hang on, well, let's well, move on. Shall we? Ricardo didn't have any rear wings. No, he though. didn't because no. Alonso managed to delicately flick it off as he was flying through the air, which was fantastic and very subtle in the background of that incredible crash. Uh, but I think we should move on to someone who had a brilliant Saturday, a good Sunday but was maybe outshone by his teammate a little bit, and that is Esteban Ocon. The oh. chance that he will not have a drive next weekend. He was so nearly leading the race. So nearly. So nearly. How late was that safety car call? Oh, don't get your tin Oh, no. Oh, no. I think the idea was, if you called a safety car mid-Radion, Ovuge, whatever you want to call it, um, that's not a safe thing to do. I think is that on the idea or let letting them go through radio? But they did let it. I mean, I suppose they let the whole grid go. Because if you do, yeah. if you do it, I don't know. Safety uh, cars are very rarely called bang on it. Yeah, I, I, I it, it felt it felt it like a quite, long time. Yeah, it's quite an obvious safety car. Crash. And it was called <laughs> the moment Vettel's nose was in front of Hamilton. Sam, please, please, people are going to get mad. <laughs> Ten points for the first person who says Ferrari international assistance. Anyway, brilliant on chat. Yeah. Come on, brilliant on. And points when you Do you guys think the safety car was too late? We're going to discuss Ocon. We'll come back to that. <laughs> guys, Ocon race next week. Do, does he deserve it? Should he have it? Stroll, what's going on? I think I, I read something that confirms that Force India will keep the same Sorry. lineup next Who? week. I, I don't, can't remember. I, I saw it. it. It might not be true. No, I, I think you meant what team? team? Oh, Racing Point. Thank Force you. India. That no one is ever going to call them after this whole thing blows over. It'll just be I'm Force India. Be sick again. each time it's said. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought Ocon's qualifying lap was was not brilliant. I don't think it was great. 
I don't even think it was good. It was average. It was an average lap that was made to look a lot better because of the mistakes of others. Um, obviously, Ricardo and Verstappen both couldn't hook a lap together at the right time. Raikkonen, you know, they made the mess on the fuel. Um, otherwise, he would have qualified P7, and I don't think we'd have said much about it. Um, let's not forget, he was 3.6 seconds off the pole time, which is not a small margin, considering in the dry, he was only one and a half seconds off the yeah. first place. Yeah. So, you know, if 3.6 seconds off the pace is an excellent lap, what does that make his Q2 time that was only one and a half seconds And I off? see the point you're making, but every other person had the ability to be 3.6 seconds off the pole time, and they weren't. The only person that was was Vettel. He was the only one closer. So he beat both Red Bulls. He beat the Ferrari of Kimi, whether he had a you know fuel issue or not. Regardless, he was there. He beat cars that theoretically are faster. Renault's would be to Haas would be Haas should have been higher. They should have taken advantage, and they didn't. And Ocon did. So did Perez. To be fair, I think he hey, merit yeah. gets there. I, I give credit to Ocon for beating Grosjean. I give him credit for beating Perez, and he did a good job to get ahead of those two guys. But I can't give him credit for beating Ricardo Verstappen and Raikkonen because they did not have a lap where the circuit was in any kind of condition to go quickly and look, uh, his race was good i thought um yeah obviously he was beaten by his teammate which put a slight dampener on it and i like ocon overall i think he's got a good career left in the sport if he can find a seat um which is which is good enough i don't want him to go down the the route of the last driver who yeah. was waiting for a mercedes seat is it is it he's a currently racing in dtm so situation going on yeah, I, I hope that doesn't happen. He's very talented. I just think that Force India's qualifying performance where they finished third and fourth was mainly down to their mechanics for getting them turned around so quickly and the strategists for getting them out at the right time, not necessarily Ocon's pace. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Schaffnauer, which sounds like a breed of dog, I'm sorry, but it does, yeah, has said that the lineup will remain the same for Monza. Well, it seem, well, he said, I've seen an interview, not interview, is a clip of Vettel and Ocon speaking in French. Um, which hurts yes. me that he's that multi-talented. Yeah, God damn, God damn you, Vettel. Um, yeah, and, then, and Vettel's asking about his drive, and he's saying, no, it's already gone, and Vettel's asking who to, and he's saying to the guy who bought the team. So I don't know whether that means for next year, he didn't, doesn't say in the, in the clip, but uh, or whether he means next race, but... I'd love for Ocon to stay. I don't think uh, for Force India they don't. Sorry, Racing Point Force India they don't. Why would they want Stroll over Ocon? There's no, no logical reason in his, terms of his racing. Daddy terms. wants Stroll. I know, but Ocon. come on. I think get Perez into Haas, get rid of Grosjean, and then allow Ocon and Stroll to race together. Grosjean was all right this weekend, though. He was. I said he'd get Getting a podium. Away. He didn't, but he did do a very yeah. good How job. Go? <laughs> he did do a very good job. I love Kimmy's win. It was a great yeah. prediction from you on Thursday. Shut up. Okay. How much did you get right? One thing. I thought Vettel more, winning more than me, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no. Ocon deserves. Ocon deserves to stay. He doesn't deserve to be chucked out. Unfortunately, though, it looks as if the most likely seat for him is Williams. Christ. And if the Williams car next year or even later on this year, if Ocon's racing in it, it's not a car where he can show how good he is. No. No, and that is worrying unless Williams come back with something magical next year because they've got yeah, maybe the Williams would be amazing next yeah. year. Unless they replace the wheels with Claire Williams, Paddy Lowe, and a couple of other people, it's not going to go anywhere. That's murder. <laughs> Quite possibly. You do that. Um, Some sort of weird hamster wheel. Moving on to, to Spa, it wasn't the greatest race. Now, is this controversial? Is Spa actually just rubbish for racing? Don't be silly. 
but it wasn't great. And no, I, you're I mean, right. It wasn't great. It was not. Is great. it just too big, or do we need a bigger field? Because the problem yesterday wasn't people can overtake. They were just too far apart from each other. There were six. When you only had sixteen cars left, like, you had to go like miles. There were parts of the track car. that were desolate. Yeah, honestly, I think the race, and it was a, not a good race. I think the race itself showed F1 up rather yeah, than the did. circuit up. Yeah. Because look, it, how difficult it is to overtake cars if you're not going on a massive straight. It make, it makes sector two completely irrelevant. Yeah. Um, you know, sector two, there is never going to an overtake going to happen in there. Sector three as well. We I don't remember any overtakes going into the bus stop. I remember one overtake going into La Source. Every other overtake was going down the Kemmel Strait. Was going down the Kemmel Strait at the end of yeah. the Kemmel Strait. And yeah. that's not good enough. Even Hamilton pulled out of an overtake at the end of Blanchemont. And I'm sorry, only overtakes, overtakes that are boring and DRS orientated, they're boring. I don't like them. Yeah, especially if they're things like Valtteri Bottas coming back through the grid. You think it's not an overtake, really, is it? It's they're going to get out of the way because their race is a separate race. They just lose the least amount of time if they let him pass there. I mean, yeah. Overtakes don't necessarily make a good race. No. Battling, Battling is what that makes, makes a good race. race. And I think what's going to be really interesting, and I think for now, I'm going to say that Spa is a great track. I love Spa as a track, and I think it does provide good racing. I will retract that statement if next season with the brand new basic aerodynamic packages that every team has to run, we have another awful race. Maybe then I'll start being swayed that it is too big and it is too varied, and we need either a bigger grid or a smaller track. Spa doesn't need DRS, does it? We saw at the start, that's a... You need, you need less DRS zones for once. Yeah. Well, DRS maybe should just be reserved for tracks that are really bad for overtaking. Spa isn't one of them. Yeah, I just think straight bits. you look at all the overtakes that happened, it was just Bottas being ridiculously overpowered over midfield cars. They are helpless and there's nothing they can do. To me, that's not entertainment. <laughs> you know, I would much rather see two cars that are fairly evenly matched going at it, going down the Kemble straight side by side. That's entertainment. Well, the biggest entertainment battle we had was between Marcus Ericsson and Brendan Hartley, and that speaks volumes. The most entertaining point of the whole race was Fernando Alonso destroying Leclerc's halo. Yeah, true. I mean, the start was the most entertaining bit. Yeah, you say that there were two battles that happened all race for what it's worth, and I think Marcus Ericsson was involved in both. You had Marcus Ericsson <laughs> and Brendan Hartley, and the only reason that was a battle was because of Brendan Hartley was on 30-year-old tyres, and Marcus Ericsson was on brand new suits. Brandon Hartley was thrown under a bus this race. And also the other one was Ericsson and Sorokin who switched positions about four times and we didn't see any no, of we it. we didn't see any of it. Oh yeah, it. camera direction has not been great, has it? This whole year? season has been very poor. Anyway, that's not what we're moaning yes. about. We do need to talk about something else and that is the woeful performance by McLaren. Even though Alonso was taken out at the very start, Van Dorn still finished last of anyone and I think would have finished last of anyone even if everyone had finished. Possibly. <laughs> everyone retires and he's still last. He's still last. He yeah. wouldn't be first. He's going to be first and last. Anyway. He finished 21st. Yeah. There's yeah. only yeah. 20 drivers. He finished 21st. The McLaren was really poor this weekend. Because um, even, it's not great in the corners and it's, the car's got so much drag on it. Yeah. It's like, they might as well hold up like a big plank of wood. Cause Drive along with a massive flag yeah. attached to the back. Yeah, the thing shivers. does not, so it, it's not the engine, is it? Because no. I know the Renault's not great and that doesn't help, but... We frequently see Hulkenberg and Science in the products on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah McLaren's got been, a, a Renault engine too. Yeah, so. and McLaren have always been fabled to have the best chassis in Formula 1 year after year after year, and this is flushed them out. It's a terrible chassis. It's, it's a load of rubbish. And the engine, they've got the third best engine. I would say that Honda is now equal to Red Bull anyway, because Gasly managed to finish, what, eighth, ninth, was it? 
So clearly did well in the straights. Was there a Renault in the top 10? Um, apart from Max Verstappen, no. No. Um, and that's slightly different, obviously, because Red Bull has such a good chassis. Red Bull do have the best chassis on, yes, on, on the track. They, do. Um, they are seriously struggling. And at that's, this point in the season, I can't confidently say they are any better than the seventh best team on the grid. If anything, they might be eighth or even ninth best. I think grid. Sauber are better than McLaren. Oh, over, over the case of the season, I think Sauber are better. Well, put it this way. Uh, Van Dorn said that there had been no improvement in the car. And you could say that about his yeah. performances as well. But... Um, he is he's right. Yeah. Um, there has been no improvement. You think Australia, they were right there with Haas and Renault. They took 40 points from their first five races. Yeah. And they've taken 12 from their last eight. <laughs> stats prove points. That proves the point. Hit him with the stats. Bro. In the last eight races, Toro Rosso have got 17 points. Yeah. McLaren have 12. They've only got three more than Salva have over the last eight races. Force India have got six more points than them. Yeah. And they have only had one race, if, technically. If the form continues, racing points force India, which takes as long as the whole stream to say, is going to be back in front of McLaren within kind of three or four races. Also, just going to point out, uh, that's the best result for a new team since Born GP. Equaled, yeah. equaled point score. If Bottas had overtaken, they'd be the best ever. But anyway, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, with the points thing, it's... It's say they didn't but, score... I mean, it would be 43. Really, all right. But. All right. Just making a point. Okay. About racing right. points. Sick of it. And they're racing points. Making a racing, racing point. point. Okay, enough. That's enough racing. Jesus, buy me an F1 team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lawrence. Um, no, I, it is crazy. Force India managed to outscore McLaren by six points over the last eight races, despite the fact that Force India have had one race. Ten. Racing point Force India. Yes, racing point Force India. So, yeah, McLaren doing great. Rob said on Drive Tribe they'd probably start to work on next year and you would have thought so I don't think yeah yeah, uh, I guess so but they do need to watch out for Toro Rosso over their shoulder like, they'll be on them that Honda yeah. is going to keep improving but we need to move away from the back end and talk about the two giants giants, giants. fighting in the centre of the field Haas Renault what is going on there? Renault seems to have started brilliantly and everyone else suddenly started to collapse and yeah. Haas have done the opposite. Well, Renault said, someone from Renault said before the weekend, if they have one bad race, then Haas could be right on top of them. And then they had a bad race and, and Haas, Haas are right, right on top, top of them. them. Six points. That's yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was a signs, signs had a poor quality. Hulkenberg was already at the back with his penalties and then decided to play uh, bowling with the F on field. Um, and then signs just wasn't great in the race either, was he? So, and the, the Haas were so it's going to be tight between those two. And Renault needs to be careful because I imagine next weekend's not going to be great for them either. Hulk dig smash, he literally <laughs> did. Yeah, you look at it's a similar, similar ish story to McLaren, not quite to the same extent, but that they were doing much better early on in the season. Um, Carlos Sainz has only scored once in his last five races, Hulkenberg's only scored twice in his last five races. And they both came on the back of, of Carlos Sainz went seven of his first eight races scoring points. So yeah. you can see that there is some sort of downgrade there. And Haas have taken advantage. And the reason for it is because Magnussen has now someone who is supporting him. Grosjean's still not doing as well as Magnussen is, but at least he's got someone else there he scoring is points. He's up. He's baking the cake. Wow, I've not heard that one before. Grosjean deserves cooking references yeah, all yeah. the time. That makes nice. sense. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, this could be Ken for half, though. It, yeah, um, in terms of points, it was their second best performance of the season. I'm so. actually really excited about Haas and the future that they can bring. If they can somehow get an independent engine provider that steers them away from being Ferrari's 
B team, even though we are now for a mayor there, if they could get Chevrolet on board, which is highly possible they're American links, I think they could be a real force to reckon with. The problem is, arguably, the reason Haas have got that much better is because of their links for Ferrari. If you've learned anything in history, it's to jump on the back of someone great, stab them in the back, <laughs> and then be better than them. I mean, this is Ferrari, though. No one's ever done that. No, history lessons with something. I like, I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I was mildly mildly impressed with Grosjean not impressed but I yeah. enjoyed Grosjean's I enjoyed Grosjean not banging into people and beating his teammate it's nice to see yeah I don't know if it'd be enough to keep a seat I mean if he keeps doing it maybe but he's on a nice little run if he continues that maybe but Channel 4 coverage firmly said <coughs> that they want to keep Magnussen nothing was mentioned they would. on Grosjean yeah I mean who were they replacing with Perez Leclerc I saw Leclerc Evan in the chat Leclerc to Haas. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Very possible. Could happen. Anyway, yeah. we've got three other teams to talk about that we haven't mentioned as of yet. Those are Torosso, Salva, and Williams. We haven't discussed these properly. Let's start at the back. Williams. They actually did all right. Technically not the back if you want to count that. No, no. But, no. but they, they did all... Yeah. This Sorokin... Was in was, the points. It was in the points. And he just... With Sorokin, you just get the feeling he just sort of does his stuff and doesn't really say much and... Yeah. Can I get some of it? Like a not fast Kimi Räikkönen. <laughs> Less fast Kimi Räikkönen, yeah. Sure. No, I'm not, I'm not fast Kimi okay. Räikkönen. He's kind of fast, just not as yeah. fast. I thought Sorokin, that might have been his best weekend in F1 so far. Yeah, um, it was consistent. Was, was Sorokin the one that Bottas rammed at the start? Yes. Was it Stroll? I think it was Sorokin, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. Because Sorokin, I, I think, started behind Stroll and then ended up in front of him. Uh, anyway, I think it Sorokin was Sorokin. Oh, the mother. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so, so Rockin must have had a bit of damage anyway from that little sort of dink at the start, but still went on to score a point. It looks really promising that he might actually score a point, and then he could be. We have every driver would have a point on the on the driver's title. That would be quite cool to have that. Yeah, uh, and yet Ericsson went. Actually, I haven't scored enough points in my career yet. Yes, so I want another one. He's making up for lost time. Yeah. Um, honestly, um, I was a little disappointed because I know Leclerc, there was nothing he could do about no, what happened. Entirely not his fault. But I think if you said to Salva going into the weekend, you're going to come away with one point, I think that'd be rather disappointing because yeah. that power unit, I, I think they had the pace to beat Toro Rosso and Ericsson didn't beat Gasly. And you know what? I agree with you if Leclerc was the one that finished in 10th. But because Ericsson was the one who finished in 10th, I'd assume that they go, we put Leclerc in 8th, Ericsson in 10th. That is a good weekend for us. They yeah, only have their okay, second yeah. driver. Yeah. True. I don't expect Ericsson to be fighting with the likes of Gasly, who I think is a future champion of this sport. Yeah, um, might as well talk about Toro Rosso. Well, on it. Um, Gasly was great, Hartley was terrible. Yeah, Gasly put in a performance of a future <laughs> Red Bull driver that deserves a Red Bull C, and he's proving that. Hartley was like a bus. <clears throat> don't you just love it when <laughs> Gasly pits and he's still. Yeah, ahead he of comes Hartley. out in front of his teammate and then still finishes six positions ahead of him. I mean, I would say leave Brendan alone, but everybody left Brendan alone because he was so far back. Yeah, no one went <laughs> near Van Dorn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Van Dorn didn't leave him alone. And they could be teammates next year. Yeah. <sighs> wow. God. They, they could rival Williams with the slowest team silly on their team. Yeah, okay. Um, we haven't talked about Red Bull. Um, not too much to talk about. Good, good weekend for Verstappen. Not a good one for Ricardo. Great tea serving yeah. vehicle. Yes. yes. That was all they were good for this weekend. Yeah, um, you know, going into to the race, it was always a case of they weren't going to be able to compete just because of the Renault's lack of power compared to Ferrari and Mercedes. Um, and we saw Max, well, we heard Max Verstappen say during the race, 
Any chance of any rain, boys? He was desperate for something. Come wasn't on, he? spice it up a bit. Um, Chuck your water. Get all the Dutch fans to pour their beer onto the track. Yeah, uh, that was the only thing that would have been able to get him back into contention. Um, he wasn't good enough otherwise. Um, he was. He was sorry, good no, enough. Yeah, Carl was yeah. good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, damn good this weekend. Re rephrase that. Um, and Ricardo felt well, very sorry for Ricardo. It was very unlucky the way he went out of this race. I, I didn't. Oh, well, I heard afterwards. Like, this is from Weber again. That Ricardo didn't know he's his no. rear wing had been knocked off. So he flew up to the top of Eau Rouge, did a purple sector. With no <laughs> rear wing. That's <laughs> the problem with and having then, the smallest rear wing ever. You <laughs> don't know if it's gone. No. Yeah, so he did He did the fastest top speed um, with no rear wing. And then they told him, you've got no oh, rear wing, mate. By the way, yeah, half your car coming. is missing. Just to yeah. let you know. Um, so pretty poor, actually, unfortunately, because Ricardo didn't finish. But Max did a stellar job. Yeah, he had huge support again. Oh, no, I, it was impressive to see. It's not. Even, it's just everywhere now. Every yeah, country every, seems to go every to. Every European Grand Prix seems to be Max Verstappen country. And it's if, it, surely... Max uh, Verstappen country, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is actually a country. I don't want to go there. Um, if the Vatican City can be a country, so can Max Verstappen. I know mean, it's got a bigger population. Exactly. Um, Dutch Grand Prix in the future? I think it should be a thing. Forget Miami. I want Netherlands. Oh, yeah, I want forget Amsterdam. You know, Amsterdam. <laughs> obviously, Zandvoort. Has, um, it's not going to happen. I'm, I'm pretending that didn't happen. Zandvoort is never coming back. Really? It's so underprepared now. It will need so much work done on it. I feel like a new track design. When it be is when it be Aston? Yeah, probably. Yeah, That'd that be more likely. Um, either way, I, I think... Maybe that Max Verstappen's popularity will bring. We could back attend it as well. Yeah, we, we could. Which is good. We could. Uh, should we set up a crowdfunding? F1 yeah. will be better for us. I imagine the support at a Dutch GP be ridiculous. Yeah, it'd, just be it'd be sold out all via Dutch. It'd fans. be orange everywhere. Orange, orange. So we come on to our closing couple of topics, and we need to start off really with the driver of the day, uh, Hasman. Um. Get your opinions in on the chat. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, I'd love to know what you think. It's not, it's not that many. I'm probably just going to go for Vettel just because he won the race. <laughs> he won the race. <laughs> you win the race. You're the driver today. I mean, I, I maybe Bottas, but I don't think his drive was fantastic back through the field. Um, and he ran into Sorokin at the start. Not many other people stood out to me, to be honest. So I, I'm going to go with Vettel. Um, I'm agreeing with Rob in the chat. I'm going with Perez. Um, I think for me it's either Perez or Vettel, um, but I would go for, for Perez. He was only a couple laps off being able to hold off Bottas, True. in which case I think he definitely, like without question, would have been driver of the day, finishing fourth. But even so, did well, got ahead of his teammate early on and stayed there. Built up quite a com comfortable gap as well. So, yeah, Perez. This race falls into races as dull as the likes of Canada this year. It was a struggle. And when the vote came up on the track uh, in the actual race driver of the day, I said to the people I was watching with, I can't pick anyone. It was that boring. I can't pick anyone. I'm going to say Verstappen because he's the only one left that I think out of the people you've chosen did a good job. Uh, he drove that Red Bull incredibly well for what it is. That track does not suit the Red Bull. And again, he could carry tea on the back of it, which I'm a fan of. <laughs> Perez obviously did a fantastic job. This is one of the better Grand Prix we've seen Perez at quite some time. I mean, I can't wait for the tea tray. You know, see him on so That's ridiculous. It won't be it. You it, won't see it. It'll be, so thin. It'll be a tightrope, and there will be a tiny Red Bull can on it. Walking. <laughs> um, your worst driver of the day. Um, sorry, I'm not going to leave Brendan Hartley alone. Oh, I'm God. going to, yep, award it to Brendan Hartley. Um, 
it was a toss-up between him and Van Dorn. But I went for Hartley just on the basis that I don't think that McLaren actually had a chance to score points. And I think, obviously, the Tor also did, because Gasly did score points. Um, and the, he was nowhere near. He was absolutely nowhere. He was about 35 seconds back from his yeah. teammate. Yeah. He was six places back. Uh, once again, Hartley doesn't score points. Um, his teammates scored proper points. Not just one point either. It was properly in the points. Yeah, not, that, not a fake of one no, point. No, it was a proper point. Gifted one point. Actual proper points. I, I guess Hartley has to stay in the team because they aren't going to have anyone else for next year. But there's no chance he's getting promoted to Red Bull. He's nowhere near good enough. He'll never be promoted to Red Bull. Um, well, I'm going to Van Donk because he was rubbish. Oh, you've taken all the, as I say, good ones, but all the bad all ones. The bad ones. Uh, maybe Hulkenberg is oh, taking the field out. I, I'm going to give him driver of the day because he caused the most entertainment. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how that Absolute works. Absolute plot twist. Worst yeah. driver of the day, then, to be a little bit controversial at the end of this, Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> okay. Because. Why? It was, it was, he didn't he, win. He, he threw in the towel. He gave up. And that is not what I want to see from Lewis Hamilton. I'm not a fanboy. We're not fanboys. But I'm a fan of people fighting for the front. And yes, his car wasn't as quick. But he just gave True. up. But is that not just thinking ahead? Because if he thinks I can't win this one. He saved that engine. Yeah. For further but mind. I mean. But it's a shame. I, you, I agree. It's a shame. You, we didn't get I the think the Sagers in general, as much as they scored the most points, I think their drivers were both very poor from the standards that we expect those two to be at. Oh, by the way, you've got 30 death threats on Facebook. <laughs> that's okay. I live in Cornwall. Yeah, on, the, on that note. <laughs> well, death threat, that's definitely a way to end. Yeah, stream, isn't nice it? note. Um, well, we thought you actually being here would mean we'd end on a good note. But no, I'm no. leaving again now. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking Podcast here on Drive Tribe. My name's Ben Hocking. My name is Harry Eid. And with love, with care, I'm Samuel Sage. Remember, keep breaking late.